0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. You can again catch us at fourlights.fm and and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can—you know, wherever you can download a podcast. I am Bob McDonald. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Bob McDonald, and I am, of course, joined by my co-host uh, Jimmy Lemke.
1: Hello, world of Horizon League basketball. How is the world? Pretty good in Chicago, I hear.
0: Pretty crazy everywhere, I'll say that. Um, and uh, you can catch Jimmy at pantheru.com um, and on Twitter at pantheru. Uh, yeah. Today we are uh, we've, we've got ourselves another guest. Um, really, just based on the occasion, um, we have Jesse Kramer over at uh, from the Catch and Shoot, probably one of the uh, uh, probably one of the best I've seen that covers uh, Chicago basketball so uh yeah,
1: it's, it's really good because we we I, I i i'm really happy that jesse's been doing this because ever since john Templin moved out to new york i feel like chicago has really had a void um of, of people covering all five teams and it's it's good to see somebody's actually yeah know, thank you guys sure, yeah, sure
2: yeah. glad to join you guys today
0: yeah so Thanks. um jesse where where can we where can we find you online
2: uh, well Twitter handle is at catch underscore n underscore shoot and the URL is the catch All right nice. be
0: sure be sure to check that out He's, he covers uh, yeah they cover they cover all the uh, all the Chicago folks I, I think you guys know where we're going with this today <laughs> as a focal point. <laughs> U, UIC is on a winning streak. yes. Against all odds,
1: yeah.
2: I had a Cleveland State now in the standings.
1: <laughs> is that for real?
2: Yeah, well, they're, well, they're tied, but they would have the tiebreaker in terms of like tournament seating if it ended today. Right it now, UIC would have a tiebreaker.
0: Welcome it's to my incredible. world, Jimmy.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bob, uh, we, we may have to put Bob on suicide watch if UIC <laughs> actually gets a football game ahead of Cleveland next weekend.
0: I got enough problems. I don't have to worry about that. Race to the bottom over here. Um, But no, you know, legitimately – you know, legitimately, UIC has come out the uh, come has probably been come out the second half of this Horizon League schedule just absolutely on fire. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you had a feeling that at some point in time UIC was eventually going to get over the hump, and it started with Cleveland State, and it just rolled from there. I mean, the the big win was uh, was on Thursday against Wright State, and then on Saturday. Um, took down Northern Kentucky, Ty Odiasi. I mean, what, what, do you, what can you say about that kid?
2: Well, I think he's just starting to come into his own and get his confidence back. And, I mean, Steve McClain has been going crazy about him since he took the job. He's seen that Ty can become an all conference type of player. And he's, his timing on the defensive end when it comes to blocking shots is as good as I've seen from anyone in college basketball this year. And again, he's only a sophomore. He's just getting better every game, and he's just been dominating on defensive end. No one can really get by him and get to the rim when he's in the game. Okay.
0: So definitely, yeah. And we have talked a lot about we especially we've talked over the last few episodes about you know kind of that youth movement over there in uh, at UIC. I mean, you got Odiasi. You you've got you know. Dekembe Dixon can't say enough about that guy, and even um, even uh, even Young, who's I believe uh, a junior college transfer, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Right. So
0: you have a like a um, almost brand new crew. You throw then you throw in a new coach in Steve McLean. So
2: yeah, they they were looking forward a lot to this five game homestand that they just finished up.
0: Not not winning a not winning a Division One against a Division One game, um, I, I guess. I, I guess, for lack of a better term, I guess Cleveland State was the slump buster.
2: <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. I mean, the, you know, they they started out with six, I think, of their first eight conference games on the road, and they start off with Valpo, Detroit, Oakland, Green Bay, Milwaukee. So basically, five of the top six teams in the league, and those games, and three of those games were on the road. It was just an impossible stretch for a young team, really, and. They were kept looking forward to this five game homestand as a way to turn things around, and obviously it worked out. I mean, they went three went three and two and nearly beat Youngstown State, and nearly went four and one. Yeah,
1: I, I, we we I, we knew that yeah, that UIC wasn't this like total loss of a team, because frankly, like they they they've had some close stretches against teams that maybe weren't like aren't great teams, but are fairly decent teams. And, I mean, the Illinois game is the one I'll point to. Not that Illinois is anything to shake a stick at as far as their own their own, their own expectations. But, you know, UIC has had a lot of difficulties this year, but they've, they've kept it close in some games. And having, uh, you know, that, I, I kind of wish they would have gotten that one because it would have helped us for the RPI. But at the end of the day, I mean, UIC is a better than their record. And it's good to see them finally start putting together some wins because they're going to need that confidence when they're heading you know, as they head into the next season of the off. To Dixon and Thio, yes, you Nassi know, are just incredible, an incredible two piece young core. I mean, to, to, to realize that they're going to have those two guys in the middle for two more years is kind of incredible when you consider the recruiting class that McLean put together this year, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility to look at UIC and think maybe this could be a team that could challenge for the conference championship two years from now when Takembe's is a senior, or skip is a junior and Odiasi is a senior. I mean, that would be... I mean, that's That's a pretty formidable front, just looking at those two guys. And then McLean, you know, all, he's, all he has to do is really find the pieces for guard to really, you know, can take take advantage of that, and he's ready to go. So I'm impressed by UIC. This weekend was really nice. Um, obviously, Wright State was – Wright State's at full spring. Uh, Northern Kentucky, they may be missing Levon Holland, but they've been pretty good even without Levon Holland. They only lost by 12 at Valpo, which equals the – which equals the closest score that Valpo has given up in a in a, in a victory. Uh, obviously, Wright State beat Valpo, but every other game they've won by more by twelve or more. And, you
0: know, without, and uh, we'll kind of talk hard about. We'll, and we'll kind of talk about how Wright State apparently is Valpo's kryptonite a little later on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for them, but it really. UIC is the news because you have a team that oh, really? came in absolutely one win and all of a sudden they get two more. The Horizon, you know, I would I would be really angry about it if the Horizon League were uh were you know really tops in the RPI and we had a few teams looking at, at large bids, but we don't. So it's, uh, you know, whatever, get get some parity in the league. Let's make it so this conference tournament's fun. No easy outs. UIC is definitely not, not anymore.
0: Back. Yeah more, it doesn't look like. I mean, so that's a – yeah, that's um, – when you look at it, you – and you really thought about it, and, yeah, now this – truth be told, I mean, this, this conference schedule is going to be real interesting now.
1: It's, it's kind of funny because, you know, this conference schedule, all, pretty much every team has had, an, had these long stretches of being on the road or at home. Everybody's had it, and it's it's just it's just really odd because seriously, who made the schedule this year? It's wild. Well, the, Horizon, the Horizon League's never been really good at scheduling. Um, I, I, it's it's a hard, it's a really 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 difficult job because we're we're always thinking along the lines of fans or or you know, writers. We're thinking of these are these you have these ten teams you have to figure out how to make the schedule work for everybody. And then if you can't make it work, then if you can't make this date work because that team has been, that team only had one day of rest and this other team had six, that's what we're thinking of as fans. But in reality, the Horizon League has a whole lot more to contend with because a lot of these buildings are buildings that will have other things going on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're, we have Panther Arena, which, you know, this month has – I mean, they've got – Disney on ice is something we have every year. They always have the circus. There's always like four or five things during the season at our arena. And then if you go across ten, 10 buildings, I mean, there are very few that are really just for the basketball team. Um, when, you, when you think about it, I'm thinking of specifically – uh, like Valpo's Ark, and probably the Bigley Center at Youngstown State. Like, but those are really like two of the uh, and Callahan Hall. But really, other other arenas. You know, the UIC Pavilion hosts events. The Nutter Center hosts events. The Wallstein Center hosts some events. are uh, like I said, Panther Arena, the Resch Center up in Green Bay, uh, BB&T Arena for Northern Kentucky. Like, these are all events events centers. So the horizon league has to deal with making sure that they have a conference schedule that works for everybody, including not just the teams, but these these events on the side, you know, the horizon league has to contend with the fact that our arena has a deal with Disney on ice every year. So we have to figure out a weekend for Disney on ice. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but it, it ends up with this, you know, Detroit and Oakland both played their senior days yesterday. <laughs> 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 on, on February 13th, they played their senior days. So it's it's ridiculous, but it's the best they can do. And as a Milwaukee fan, I I think they could have done worse. But then again, obviously, I'm not. Well, tr- is well we this is actually home games, and we have uh, we end with four home games. And we didn't play any of our, any of the rivals, quote, quote unquote, rivals uh, during our students break. So we were happy to not have Green Bay or Valpo during student break. And look what happened. Green Bay, we had the Green Bay game and we had something like, I think it was something like a thousand students were at that game. So it was, it was pretty nice. Um, I like. I, I was happy to see that it worked out for us this year because at, at Milwaukee we always have a complaint that the Horizon League almost always schedule our rivals for break, whether that was Green Bay or Butler. Whenever whenever we had a rival game, they would always schedule it during year during break, and it was nice for us to get away from that. Um, so it was. It was. It's kind of weird that we have these long stretches, but it worked out in our favor. So. For me, I'm am somewhat happy for the rest of the conference. I understand that it's still somewhat kind of a mess, but that's the way it goes when you have a bunch of arenas that host events.
0: Well, the weird thing is, and this is a um, you know, travel aside. At least they've gotten back to the whole travel partners thing. Last year, it was like all kind of herky jerky the way that was the way the schedule was set up. At least now they're back to the you know like for example you know you've got the you've got the Michigan trip you got the you, you got the Wisconsin trip i mean last year you know there it was there there were stretches where where that wasn't the case. I mean, this year you're still going to run into those things. I know Cleveland State did one game against falpa one game against U I, you know, one game at, against U I C, where they're completely separated and spaced out. I mean, you know, but for the most part, it hasn't been that way, thankfully, um, as opposed to last year, where I really wasn't sure when or where those games were going to be, you know, played and whatnot.
1: Absolutely. Um, something was something actually. Uh, you brought, something you bring up actually uh, makes me want to think of something. There was a discussion on our, on the freak message board, which is one of the UWM boards, the, the, the more prominent of the two. <laughs> I can admit that even though my board, I try and get it going. It's just the, the freak board had a discussion. Uh, MU Panther is a friend of mine named, named Matt. He works at Marquette University's dental school. And he brought up that the horizon league, you know, we're back to 10 teams and the way we used to, the way we used to do it for scheduling was they would do a, an opening weekend where the ten teams would play two games and then one set of travel partners would play their game at the beginning of December. And now that yeah. we have teams we didn't go back to that, so now they're trying to shoehorn all eighteen games into after January first, and it's caused some. Five day, three games in five days setups, where some of these teams are playing more games against teams that more games in fewer days, and it's kind of getting the schedule all herky jerky. So uh, going back to a – Or
0: you uh, end up with situations where you have the game – you have a, like a, a six-day layoff. Like, for example, Cleveland State and Youngstown State just had that. They had a, they had like a week layoff where um, – what is it? I think Cleveland State played against uh, – yeah, they had like a week layoff where they played Oakland. Um, they played Oakland and then a week later they're not playing anybody else and they play Youngstown State.
2: Yeah, right. U- week, U- so. UIC. see After that second Cleveland State game, they had a full week off. Played Valpo, then had five more days off. Played right say Now they're playing. I think three games in six days, something like that. So, they got it too. It's just yeah. incredible.
0: It's a yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's an improvement over last year. But uh, I think we can all objectively agree it could get better.
1: Yeah, I, I just I, I I think that it's it's easy to say let's you um, Horizon League to work on it the Horizon League has to contend with certain things that we don't really think about. Uh, sure, like a, uh, So uh, now
0: here's my question: You mentioned all the other arena Is UIC Pavilion one of those places where they also they too have events, or is that kind of not
2: limited? much?
0: Okay. It's, okay. Made, it's
2: yeah, it's mainly some men's and women's basketball teams there.
0: Yeah, because uh, I, I know I wasn't because I know with with. With, with Chicago, they've got about a hundred different other places
1: to are go. The, are Our the Chicago's world. guy a thing still? They, what? Is the WNBA team still in Chicago, oh, this yeah, guy? They're, they're still around.
2: And um, they play at the Pavilion, right? I'm not sure about that.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to pay any attention to them. I'm going to look at them right now. <laughs> to be honest, i to pay attention to the women's, bets, the women's NBA team. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no disrespect. Uh, <laughs> I,
0: I'm sorry. I stopped playing. I stopped paying. I really stopped paying attention once the Cleveland Rockers folded. So sorry, WNBA. You know, I don't have a local team. That's why I don't follow Major League Soccer because we don't have a team in Cleveland either. So. Uh, okay, so the Chicago Sky, what, you, how, they, they they
2: moved out to All-State Arena by the by O'Hare, which is where DePaul plays. Uh, okay. Well, that's good.
1: Okay. Allstate Arena because now DePaul going to be leaving there. Yeah. Maybe DePaul will finally get back to the to the level of basketball they enjoyed under Ray Meyer when they have their own gym on campus or by campus. Really, it's I I, I, I think DePaul will finally get better, but it's going to be the Allstate Arena has another team because I think if DePaul left and they didn't have this guy, they probably I think the arena would just have. Um, I think the All-State Arena would really just have the uh, the Chicago Wolves, the AHL team, if I'm not mistaken. Right, yeah. And that's yeah. good. All-State Arena also does a lot of, like, the, the side events. Like, they, the when WWE comes to town, they almost always go there rather than the United Center. So that's something else to point out. Um, yeah, there you go. I, I did want to – the opening weekend thing, I wanted to say one thing on that before we moved on is um, – If the the Horizon League, you know, I brought this up with on on our message board a long time ago when we still had the travel partners, Mm -hmm. and we we have this opening weekend, and we were the only conference at the time to play our first weekend that early, so we were the first conference to open conference play, you know, in many years, and I, I thought always thought that the Horizon League missed an opportunity to kind of brand an event, you know, call it opening weekend or. Something better. <laughs> I'm not very creative, and far that like. Think, uh,
0: well, like, you know, I mean, and there's an oh. there's gonna. I mean, again, with the, with the addition of a new team. I mean, you know, it's going to be one of those trial and error things. Maybe this is something they'll reevaluate next year, and maybe think about considering their, you know, considering the Horizon League is trying to really start, you know, start do this, you know, they're really working on this branding kick, especially with, with, uh, with the tournament being in Detroit and Joe Louis Arena, you know, maybe tie, you know, the kind of the the road to Motor City Madness begins here or something like that. I mean, there there's a there's a lot of different possibilities you know I'm you know I'm not the you know, like you said I'm not exactly
1: familiar with any of the other conferences like I don't know if anybody started playing in the early December but we could get back to that ease scheduling and then brand an opening weekend yeah I'd like I like your idea the, the road to motor city madness begins here because that would follow the motor City uh,
0: exactly quick. see there you go well, probably... there you go my gift to you.
1: <laughs> well, I already sent that to Julie Rolach, the the, uh, the number two at the Horizon League. I wanted to, I, I I thought that you know I I listened to that discussion. and I was thinking, you know, this is a this is a an opportunity for the Horizon League, and as well as ESPN, since we're on ESPN, it's an opportunity for us to create this opening weekend thing, something that's unique for us, and then also um, you know get a corporate sponsor for it. You know this sure. this. The speedway road to the 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 speedway starting line or whatever the hell we want to. As it. long as
0: it's not as long as it's not sponsored by the movie John Carter again. I don't think I could handle that.
1: Well, I like I think you, I think like was speedway is. I don't know. Hey, uh, still, the the, they were the sponsor of the Horizon League tournament not that long ago, and it's Motor City Madness. So let's let's build on the car theme.
0: Sure, absolutely.
1: Why not? It's the road. Ooh, absolutely.
0: To... Oh man, that would be that would it's be outstanding. I mean...
1: Brought to you by Speedway. Um, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a great idea. I mean, and I'm not taking full credit for that cuz you set the road to Motor City Madness. So it's like it's collaborative, just us thinking a little bit, but it offers the hey, variety sure. and ESPN an opportunity to sell a corporate sponsorship for an event. I mean, that's, you know, that's a little bit of, you know, they can put to. I mean, because ESPN3 is a thing, as Mm -hmm. much as I don't like it, it's a good thing because we can point to this and say, well, here you go. Here's a, you know, the ESPN3 can put together a separate thing. They can, you know, put it on, they can make a graphic. You know, you put a graphics intern on that for 15 seconds to take the regular college by basketball bracket uh, graphic they use for all the preseason stuff and add the horizon. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, and, and remember rough. too that, you know, if you, and I remember too that during the during all of the ESPN3 you have some sort of Horizon League thing in there. I guess they I guess they like recorded during media day and they just ran it over the, over the course of the season. So, Absolutely. you know, maybe that's uh, you know, maybe on top of doing that, you can start having um, those, those individuals that you have for media day, you know, yeah, they keep talk, little, be hyping sure. that up as
1: well. Um, two things I wanted to say before we moved on that we've been kind of, kind of touching on number one, uh, whatever they do, if I do decide to go with that, and name branded as something, uh, please name it something that doesn't have, uh, the website taken up the dot com because if you go to MotorCityMadness.com, it's like a it's like a club softball team in Detroit. <laughs> like it's like a, it's like a far league softball really? team, or, or yeah, or like a kickball team or something. It's, it's I'm, I'm just like, can we um fast pitch, soft, and, just just fast pitch softball. I just looked it up. Fast pitch softball for young women. So, okay, in so wait.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah I think Olympia Entertainment might want to shell out some cash for to uh, kind of buy that domain name oh, up, just yeah, totally yeah. crazy
1: if you want if you want us to <laughs> after five years go get MotorCityMadness.com because it's so hard like oh, just go to HorizonLeague.com slash MotorCityMadness like really <laughs> do you want me to type out that long URL I just go to Horizon League's website and click on the first link it's just there should be a, you know, maybe Motor City Madison You're not going to
0: get Carpal Tunnel typing out that whole thing, Jimmy. Come on. No,
1: <laughs> <the> <laughs> Motor <City laughs> dot net. anything, anything. And then uh, I, just, I wanted to point out one thing about travel partners. Um, yeah. We actually are clo- closer travel partners now than we were when it was Loyola and Butler. Because UIC is actually really closer to Velpo as far as driving time and um, Wright State is much closer to Northern Kentucky than they were to uh, Detroit, because they were Detroit's travel partner for so long, obviously. So oh, obviously yeah, I forgot about probably. that. Detroit now has Oakland, which is only, you know, a few miles apart. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland and Youngstown stay the same. And Milwaukee and Green Bay were actually the most distant travel partners from each other in the Horizon League now at two hours apart. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of incredible and I'm, it's kind of cool that the Horizon League was able to get a 10 team setup that was so geographically uh, geographically good for each other although uh, at this point I'm still kind of annoyed with being at too big of a conference and having too many what would it, what I would call gong programs but it is what it is. So yeah. I, I'm really happy with it and I'm, I'm really happy that UIC has been able to switch it around and, you know, finally figure out how to put together a good week.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, so I, I did want to talk about – obviously, I did want to talk about the, 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 the Wright State win at Valpo, um, I really thought this was going to be a, this was going to be one of those tough out especially when Wright State loses to UIC the you know the third the, the game before so it's uh, kind of an issue as it relates to that and then you know they turn around and they were pretty much you know they pretty much were dominant for most of the game and then you know yeah I mean I mean how does that work?
1: If you I had mean, asked me who would win yesterday Northern Kentucky or Valpo or excuse me, Northern, Northern Kentucky or Wright State or excuse me, UIC or Wright State. I would have taken, uh, excuse me, UIC or Valpo. I don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) If you had asked me to, to preview yesterday's games, I would not have predicted UIC to beat Northern Kentucky. And I would not have predicted Valpo to lose to Wright State. So it, it just goes to show that this conference, you know, anybody can win on any given day, and maybe Wright State is somewhat of Valpo's kryptonite, but now we have the now everybody can say, well, Wright State could be Valpo's kryptonite, so that it makes the, is, makes the all, all the more interesting.
0: Oh, well, what's ironic, of course, is that if you look at the conference standings, there may not be a possibility for Valpo to even play Wright State at this point, um, in the tournament. So it's kind of a weird thing how that's kind of set up.
2: Yeah.
0: I think what's kind of interesting is,
2: I mean, yeah. I, I doubt that Wright State would make up two games this late in the season and actually tie Valpo, but they do have a much easier finish than Valpo. So it's not out of the question that's with true. the season sweep. Because like, they both have to play Oakland at home, but then Valpo finishes at Milwaukee and at Green Bay. And after Oakland, Wright State has Northern Kentucky, Youngstown State, and Cleveland State. So I would expect Wright State to get to at least thirteen wins, and we'll we'll see what would happen with Valpo with that tougher finish. I I would still expect Valpo to get the number one seed and win the conference outright, even. But it definitely yeah. it it opens up a little bit of a at least a potential for a more exciting finish for the regular season title.
1: I think Valpo will win one more game or will win one more game in the Horizon League regular season. I just don't know where it comes. Um, you know, they've had problems beating us here in past years, although not recently, and Green Bay has been harder for them to win at, And although Green Bay has a totally different team than they were. So there's opportunity for Wright State. You know, if, they, if Valpo loses two, <sighs> they, can, they, could, definitely, they we could definitely see a Wright State as the one seed, Valpo as the two. It just looks like it's totally shaking out where Wright State's going to be that two seed.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you yeah, know, I mean, yeah, unless something, yeah, like you said, unless something completely wacky happens, which between two through seven right now, anything is possible, it looks like.
1: So at the, bo- at the bottom, we're really looking at UIC and Cleveland, you know, really fighting for that ninth spot.
0: Yes. Yeah, and
2: Youngstown State yeah. could also fall there, maybe. They're only one game up now on those two.
0: And the only way that's going to – honestly, the only way that's going to happen is if – I mean. Um,
1: well, Cleveland, could, Cleveland I would, could beat Youngstown, and that would really – that would really pop Youngstown into the lower bracket. But
0: and Cleveland as, already beat Youngstown yesterday. As a, team,
1: as a team that's likely to finish in that 3-6 spot, or, yeah, the 3-6 to six spot where we'll have a – uh, well, it would have been a home game <laughs> in previous tournaments. Uh, as a team that was probably going to have that, I, I would say that I'm not very excited about playing any of those teams in the first round of the Horizon League tournament, even young, even UIC. Because if if we beat UIC here in Milwaukee, you know, in a couple weeks, you know how hard it is to beat a team three times in one year? It is yeah. incredibly well, it doesn't happen very often. Um, I mean, it's it's just it's it's so hard to do because your players know how, your players have beaten them, but they don't know what the other team is going to do to win. So it's it's a um, it's very difficult. You get sometimes players will get a little bit uh, they'll be a little bit I don't want to say complacent, but yeah, actually, I'll say that they'll be complacent because they think that they'll easily beat those guys. So it's a uh, it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to beat a team three times in a year, and that is also apply that also applies if Wright State plays Valpo in a title game or a semifinal scenario. You know, Wright State's going to have one hell of a time beating a really good team three times in one year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially especially this year, the way the the way the Horizon League is shaking out.
1: So, I, I, what, what are we looking at for um, UIC for the rest of the year on their schedule?
2: They've got Youngstown and Detroit coming up. So, two more games that they oh. will have a chance in. And then, then, they fin- then they finish Oakland at home, and then Green Bay and Milwaukee on the road. So three tough ones to end it. But next two games, we could see them get one or two more wins here, even. Huh. Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, that Youngstown State game is definitely going to be winnable, especially if it's at home at UIC Pavilion.
2: It's it's on the road. It's at Youngstown State.
0: Oh. Okay, never mind.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Actually,
0: it's the Beagley Center. The Beagley Center is actually that is the, like the that's like reverse home field advantage over there. So UIC <laughs> might actually have a shot. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> we were we, we were having a disc. Well, la- last night we were having a discussion about this, um, about you know about Cleveland State because Cleveland State beat was able to you know you know beat you know beat Youngstown State on the road. Um, and they were really able to. It was, you know, the the final score was not as close as the, uh, you know, the game was not as close as the final score had indicated. You know, you you have the, um, you know, the patented Cleveland State scoring drought right at the beginning of the second half. But it was one of those occasions where, unlike every other game that they've ever lost, um, they were able to weather the storm and, you know, kind of triumph. So thanks to uh, again it's it, it seems like, you know, when I, I don't know what it is about the Beagley Center for Youngstown State that it's you know, that they've they've suffered some really bad losses over the years at their home facility. They've also and I don't really understand
1: that at all. It's always just against the bigger teams like squeaking big one out like all of a sudden Youngstown beats Butler in Butler's second national runner-up year at the Blueway Center,
0: yeah. but I don't, I don't.
1: Yeah, it's don't, kind. Of, yeah, it's kind X-Men. of a herky. It's kind
0: of a weird thing for the. Yeah, they do have those outliers, but then you know this year they just completely blow them out at
2: home. So. I mean Just speaking so, of home of home court advantage, I think it's kind of crazy. I'm just looking at uh, the Horizon East Kenpom page right now. And home teams have only won fifty three percent of their home games in the Horizon League this year. Yeah.
0: It's
2: basically just no home, yeah, home that court has advantage been a, anymore. It's insane.
1: Yeah. That Most is in sections. That's the that's the long and short of it. Is that Oakland has a good student section, but for some reason Oakland can't figure out how to win at home yeah. against everyone. They just keep losing at home. Yeah. Um, the rest Which of is
0: again the, the opposite was true last year when you had that, that problem. It's like I don't get yeah. Where basically everybody held serve at home last year. This year it's basically everybody right. every man for himself. It's I don't. Of, know. Yeah, it, it's so crazy it, how that worked.
1: We all we all play in relatively uh, sterile conditions. Everybody every team doesn't have. There's there's no team that has a crazy home court advantage. Um, Oakland should sure? be, does, but they don't, and that's because that's not because Oakland is a bad team. It's because they just for some reason they can't figure out how to win against their other teams. They're just Oakland's problem right now. I don't know, but their student section comes out. Everybody else, no, that's not the case. Uh Velpo comes out, but there's not there's not a lot of students to begin with. So Velpo uh, I have always been kind of a connoisseur of student sections because I think mm-hmm. uh, I ran ours for three three years, four years. And then I, I ran ours for five. And Northern Kentucky really showed up for against us. Uh, last Saturday, but that was because it was their homecoming game. They sold out the whole Bull. I don't know. I don't know what. The, I don't know what it was really about. But I know that most of the time we don't have, we don't have a home. <laughs> show up for our Green Bay game, but that was because it was a rivalry game, first game, one of the first games back from break. Um, so we, I don't think that we have this like incredible advantage, and. Honestly, like, we're, the, we're not the only one. Green Bay students don't show up. Uh, Green Bay students don't show up. Uh, Detroit students don't show up. Cleveland students, I'm not even sure they exist. Young students are waiting for football season. UIC
2: students don't really show up either much.
1: And UIC's tried. That's my dog. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> my dog decided to bark because there's people coming in. Um, it's a uh, Jesus. It's, is everybody having dog problems today? <laughs> it's not. It's not really a thing for me. I don't know. My, my dog. He's he's kind of a jerk. He's kind of an uh. He's an ass because he really doesn't <laughs> love. He loves, but he wants to like be a Mr. Tough guy when he come like when people come in the door. So we have some friends coming over. Um, he's just, you know, being himself. So sorry to everybody listening, but Apollo is a jerk. So that's just, you know, a given.
0: <laughs> well, now I don't feel as bad. Um, yeah, thanks. Cause I'm, I literally 30 seconds ago had to mute my, had to mute my microphone. So my dogs would stop fighting. So, um, <laughs> uh, there we go again. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, the, um, Moving forward, and this is uh, – the one other thing I wanted to talk about is the um, – this is actually – again, this is kind of relates to kind of the new uh, – kind of, uh, the freshmen that are in the league. I mean, we, we've talked about Dixon a lot. We've talked about uh, – on my end, we've talked about Rob Edwards. Um, you've got Jared Andrews over at uh, – over at uh, Youngstown, you've got McFoley up in Detroit. Um, you've got that, that. You've got Drew McDonald down in, in Northern Kentucky. Um, when you look at when we look at this season as as a whole, especially during the uh, during the conference season, um, who do you think who do who do you think is going to be end up being the uh, end up being that freshman of the year? At this point in time, it's looking like Dikembe Dixon.
1: Is there any
2: yeah, I think it has to be Dixon. Dixon right yeah.
0: has to do so much
2: for UIC. He has the ball in his hands every possession, and he's even been running some point guard recently. Like, Is he he, really? Yeah, like, because I mean, before it was Paris Burns who was their point guard, and then Lance Whitaker was the backup point guard, but then Burns left the program, so now Whitaker has been starting at point guard, and Dixon, at a few possessions a game, will take bring up the ball off the court and set up the offense. He just has the ball in his hands so much, like what, that's why when he has games with like whatever five, six turnovers, which he's done several times, I don't blame him at all, because he's a freshman and everyone's double-teaming him, and he's being, he just has the ball in his hands, and like you can't really ask much more from him in those situations.
1: Freshmen are gonna make mistakes, so I think that. Oh yeah, five absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <It's> shooting fifty percent. <laughs> He's got 20 points and 15 rebounds. <laughs> it's just, I'll take it. I'll take the. I'll take the turnovers with the other stuff.
0: Yeah. Especially, yeah, especially with that. I mean, and he's really got, and he's really got that inside-out game that a lot of, you know, he, he can go to the inside, he can go to the outside. he's, he's got that. He's got that versatility that he you, you're not you don't you don't even see a lot out of the upperclassmen, let alone right. you know a freshman like Dixon. Yeah,
2: he's, he's definitely one of the more versatile guys that I've seen as a freshman at a mid-major school like this. I mean, like the way, like you said, like he can go inside and out. He can defend. He can shoot. He can finish at the rim. And I mean, you'd expect that of an upperclassman, maybe, but not from a freshman usually.
1: We we usually don't see that kind of skill in a big man as a freshman in the Horizon League. I think we can. I think I could probably name off on one hand. The amount of guys who have been post players in this conference, who have come in with as much or more skill than Dixon, um, we don't have to list them. Obviously, start with Matt Howard. But it's just such a—it's—it's—it's it's, it's such a big deal for a program like UIC when you have a brand new coach and he's, he needs to really build a program it's so important to be able to build around a piece like that because Steve McClain can go to Juco's and he can say, look, you can spend the next two years here and we may actually be something, even though they only have, you know, five wins, three of them division one, you know, Steve McClain can say, look, point guard, you come here and you're going to have guaranteed seven assists just by passing the ball to this guy and letting him do his thing. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's pretty big. Um, it's a pretty big deal in recruiting, to have a freshman that is so good, and for Odiasi to be a sophomore, I mean, McLean probably has the easiest job recruiting guard in the conference. Um, as far as other freshmen are concerned, I'm not very impressed by uh, McDonald at Northern Kentucky. Uh, he, throws, he throws a lot of elbows that he doesn't get called for. and, and
0: We've talked about that a couple of times.
1: Sometimes it's because they're really soft elbows, but he does he does throw, he throws them on like just about every possession so i just i don't know if like the refs are just tired of calling it every time or what but mcdonald just like it's 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 almost like he just rips his, he just it's the it's the the rip they teach you in football when you're when you need to change directions really fast they teach you to throw like if you you, you take your right arm you uh, push it all the way to the left and then you you rip your elbow around and that should, that helps you get momentum in turning and running. And McDonald does that on when he's, when he's, when he's posting up players. It's like, this kid's throwing elbows. Just call it. It's, and they're not and it's whatever. I mean, Dixon doesn't do that. Dixon's too talented to have to rely on something like that. So, freshman of the year, perhaps even newcomer of the year, I think it's. I think it's just shoeing for freshmen for sure.
0: Yeah, I don't think we do a newcomer anymore.
1: Do we, do we not? I don't do think we're
0: rid of that. No, I think we. I think we have like an all new. I. I don't remember how we do it anymore, but I know we do not have an all the newcomer of the year anymore. And I remember this because I, you know, for a couple of years ago, I made the case to. Uh, Made the case of John Harris being newcomer of the year, but he was a senior transfer, so uh, obviously that wasn't happening, because they had switched it back to fresh. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. Maybe they got so many different transfers in um, over the last few years. They were like, you know, what? We got to get in because you've had some really, really, really tough te- – you know, transfers come in that could technically be called newcomers. Like on the Cleveland State end, you had John Harris, you had Cedric Jackson, you had Trey Lewis, all transfers, all newcomers at one point in time. Um, you had, uh, I mean, so I, I don't know. It's probably why they decided to just stick with freshmen, I guess. I don't know.
1: They had Paul Carter at UIC. Yeah. I'm coming from Minnesota to play that one year. Big, yeah. deal. Big deal. So, yeah, they, yeah. The, uh, I think I think you bring up something that should be talked about, and I think that the Horizon League should definitely consider it. I think that it's time that the Horizon League moves beyond what we have for all conference. Uh-huh. Um, we do the all conference team, first team, second team, a defensive team, and a all like an all freshman team. And I think it's time that we move and move on and add a third team all conference. Oh. Because I believe that there's a lot of talent on the third team, a lot of talent at the third team level that this conference didn't have 10 years ago. Oh, um, okay. Like, we've kind of made it where the def- all defensive team has become kind of like a de facto third team, and there have been some real okay. like really like bad defensive players make the all defensive team. I don't, like, I don't know why. Um, and I do all-conference first team and second team, and then there's no third team, so there's no, you know, there will be a guy who's got, who may be averaging 13, 14 points and three rebounds or four rebounds, and he won't get an all-conference selection, so they'll make him all-defensive team, even when, even if he's not even a good defensive player for every for every Dante from Oakland or Ryan Allen from Milwaukee a few years ago or, a, 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 you know, really def- strong defensive players, um, for every one of those guys there's like three or four guys named in the all-defensive team that are not defensive players. They're just players that got left off the second team. So I think it's time the Horizon League has a third team team um, I get that from uh, one of our fans, Paul Spacuzza, who knows more about Milwaukee Panthers basketball than anybody in the history of the world. <laughs> He's, uh, he knows as much or more than everybody. Maybe our former SID, Kevin O'Connor. Uh, Go Horizon League. and um, <laughs> you know, So, I, I, Paul Spacuzza has been railing about that for years, and I think it's time because I think there's going to be guys that will be left off the all-conference team. I think a guy like Carrington Love might not even make second team. And that would be ridiculous because the guy scores a ton and he forces a lot of steals. Um, Maybe not him specifically, maybe it's somebody else, but I know that there's pretty solid candidates for all of these things across the board. Um, Dikembe Dixon might be left off the all-conference team for... off the first or second team for the post players because... We can stick him on the all freshman team. We know he doesn't need to be at all first first or second team conference because he's got the, he's on the the newcomer team. So that's a problem because he's good enough to be all conference. you don't you don't have to make it so he's uh, a, a just all freshman team because he's good enough to be over here. So I think that the Horizon League should definitely consider moving up to a you know adding a third team. A lot of conferences have them. Big East has it, the Big Ten has it, you know, all-conference third team. So I think it's time that we start getting on board with that.
2: I'm just curious, who would you guys put on your first team right now along with Felder and Peters? I'm getting, Like, those must be the two obvious ones,
1: but how do you fill that ones? out? It's so hard. It's so hard because obviously I'm going to have bias. So I don't... I don't know because I know I can't put two Milwaukee players on the first.
0: Uh, team. I would put probably. I would actually put Cameron Morse from uh, from Youngstown on there.
1: What, what's, He's he, an what's he? Is for him? He's, He's averaging is... around twenty
2: points and shooting really well.
0: Uh, Chris Jenkins from Chris Jenkins from Detroit possibility as well.
1: Yeah, we learned that last yesterday.
0: <sighs> yes, you <we> did.
2: Right. <laughs> If you had to put one Milwaukee player, would you take Tybee or Johnson for the first team?
1: Because so, Tybee is leading in rebounds. Jordan Johnson's second in the country in assists. It's like, what? If, like, who do you pick out of that? Yeah. And, Tybee won us that game at Oakland, but Johnson has the ball in his hands so damn much. I mean, it's just he—he he, doesn't—he do, turns the ball over a lot less than Felder. So, mm-hmm. despite the fact that both of them have the ball in their hands almost the entire time, so I, I, I think I would say Johnson, as much as like, as much as uh, Tybee, I feel deserves you know to be all conference. It's just hard to say that J- Jordan Johnson wouldn't be more uh, deserving if I had to pick between the two. Uh, I think I would make it J- Jordan Johnson. Um, it's 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 so hard. Is at Green, Green Bay?
0: Yeah, there, you you, because you can make a yeah because you make an argument about a lot of guys. Green Bay, you can make an argument for Jordan Faust, Oakland in addition to K. Felder, you can make it.
1: An... Yeah, it's it's every team with with Green Bay. It's not just Faust. Carrington Love is leading leading the conference in assists, or he's number two or number one or two in assists, and he's scoring sixteen plus a game. Like you were saying at Oakland, you've got Felder, but you've also got. uh, Jalen Hayes. Jalen Hayes. Donna Northern Kentucky, Jalen Billups.
0: And Cole Query.
1: Cole Murray, yeah, absolutely. Um, And we haven't even talked about Wright State. Wright State, who might have three or four guys that are all conference worthy and we, none of them might get picked because none of them have like the numbers yeah like, in comparison to some other players but they're but they're all conference worthy so that's what i'm saying like there's so yeah. many players it's not that there are it's not that we have you know a few good players on each team so let's make sure everybody gets a role it's there are so many good players in this conference that are worthy of it that we just have to expand. It wasn't that long ago where if you averaged 13 points a game, you were an all-conference player because there just weren't that many players that did it. That's true. And as many players averaged 13 points a game? A lot. You a lot of players that do that. And maybe I wouldn't make all of them all-conference, but there's, there's definitely a case that there's at least 15 guys that deserve to be called all-conference. Um, and it's just a matter of making it so the Horizon League says, okay, let's do it. And then, yeah, obviously the teams would be for it because that's another thing you can sell for recruiting and stuff. You know, hey, you can come play with an all-conference player who is now third-team all-conference, but he was all-conference. That's true. It's, it's, something we need, it's something we need to do. It's something we should have done a long time ago. And I just I'm – re- I'm ready to have it. You know, Tavon Walker you – know, should be, you know, on their all-conference team, and he might get left out, and that would be ridiculous. Like he's just so worthy of it. Um, you get, you could pick two players from every team, just about. I
0: think just I about.
1: Just, I, think I would just go with the Kevin Dixon from UIC. I think I would just go. I mean, from from Youngstown, I would probably just go with Morse. And yeah, it might have been if Bobby Hayne didn't get hurt, but.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the only one from Cleveland State you can make an argument for is Rob Edwards. Maybe Demonte Flanagan. Maybe, and it's only because he's been he's been playing his butt off the last few games.
1: Yeah. We just we just need the we just need it. We need to, we need to recognize that the level of the talent in the conference is getting better. So why right. not just do it? There you go in the but <laughs> the lot, the talent at the top of the conference, the the talented players at or near the top. There's not, it's not that like the best players are so much better than before. Uh, I just think there's more players. Uh, there's no, there's no Norris in this league right now. There's no Matt Howard. There's no Gordon Hayward, but we have more of. Of these players, and Alec Peters and K. Feller are pretty damn. <laughs> uh, they are oh, yeah. pretty damn. Of course, they are. So. As a junior, it's ridiculous. Yeah, of course. So,
0: all right. Well, um, I think uh, we can go. I think that uh, will be the point where we can go ahead and wrap this up. Um, thank you again, Jesse Kramer. Absolutely. Um, for- for coming on in, uh, the catchandshoot.com is where we can find you. So uh, we'll definitely be checking that out. Definitely be checking that out for um, you know everything, all things Chicago basketball, and for particularly our purposes, UIC. Hey,
1: hey Jesse, I, I did have a question that I, I could talk yeah. about you for, you for a second. Are you Are you a senior at Northwestern right now? I'm
0: a junior. You're a
2: junior.
1: Yeah. Are you Are you a, are you a journalism student? I am. Are you going to go on to Medill? What's that? Are you going to go on to Medill?
2: Uh, well, I'm, I'm in Medill right now for the undergrad. Is, it, is, it, is it Medill like an undergrad thing too? Yeah. Is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an undergrad and grad. So I'm in it right now for the undergrad program. Grad school? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sure yet know what I'm going to plan on doing.
1: Good luck to you and your schooling. and I'm, I'm really looking forward. Uh, catch and shoot for the rest of the year.
0: Right, thanks. I really appreciate that. Sure, no problem. All right, and um, again, you can catch us on uh, FourLights.fm. Um, Always, you know, again, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um, you know, we'll we'll be back again with you next week.